So one could, one could ask a very simple question. The simple question is this. When it comes down to it, what defines the religious persona, homo, to some degree homo religiosus is the way it's called. What, what is the, the very definition of that quality, that character that our tradition and other religious traditions want to isolate and say this is what it means to be religious? And many answers could be offered and it could be dependent upon belief. To be a religious person is to believe certain things. It could be that to be a religious person or a spiritual person would be to comport yourself with certain traditions. It could be a whole myriad of things. And I'd like to, to offer this morning a definition that, of course, when you hear it, might sound like the definition of what it is to be a good person, too. And I think that's important. In the Torah and in other places in religious tradition and thought, there's a fundamental problem. And it's usually spoken of as a hearing problem. And of course, it doesn't in any way, shape or form mean to denigrate those who are hearing challenged or to create a hierarchy of those who can hear and those who can't hear. But it's a metaphor used in our tradition. A metaphor for what it means to be responsive, to respond and to be able to respond, to have responsibility. Hearing in the Jewish tradition is often associated also with the heart. The heart, which means conscience. Halev shomea, the heart hears. And when the heart can't hear, it's called lev atum, a heart that is stuck, stagnant. The problem of hearing and the problem of responsibility and the ability to hear as it were and feel called and respond is a fundamental human problem. And it appears in a very profoundly important way in this morning's Torah service. The rabbis note that this morning Parshat Yitro, the parsha named after the father-in-law of Moses, Jethro or Yitro, himself not a Hebrew, not an Israelite, definitively, absolutely, sine qua non, he is the exemplar of the one who wasn't in Egypt. Right? Moses was born to Hebrew slaves. He grew up as a prince in Pharaoh's home and then flees and takes up home with another father figure named Jethro who provides him with the opportunity to become a father and a lover through his daughter Tzipporah and through the children that Tzipporah, Moses' wife, gives Moses. Moses grows up not only in Pharaoh's home, but he grows up in the home of another non-Israelite, another non-Jew, non-Hebrew, named Jethro. And what's remarkable about this morning's Torah reading is that you would have imagined, as I said last night and I've said for years, you would have imagined that the book of Exodus and chapter 19, which is Ma'amad Har Sinai, Revelation at Sinai, essentially the centerpiece of this morning's Torah service, where we receive Revelation, the Ten Utterances or the Ten Commandments. I have 15, whoops, Ten Commandments for you. 
Hamevin Yavin. You would have thought that that parsha, that portion of the Torah, would have been named after someone Jewish, maybe Moses, maybe God, but it's named after his father-in-law because his father-in-law brings him great wisdom. Tells Moses, you're exhausted, you have to administer effectively. But what grabs the rabbis in Parshat Yitro, in the portion of Jethro, is the way it begins. And so if I invite you please to look at page 432 and to follow along with me. Chapter 18, Jethro, Yitro. Vaishma Yitro Kohen Midian. David will read these words in a moment. Vaishma Yitro. And Jethro, the priest of Midian, who was, of course, Moses' father-in-law, heard. He heard all that kol asher Moshe Yisrael amo. He heard all the things that God had done for the Israelites and for God's people. God had taken them out of the land of Egypt. Vaikach Yitro Choten Moshe and Jethro Yitro, the father-in-law of Moses, took his daughter Tzipporah, Moses' wife, after she had been sent away and brought them, her and the two children, to meet Moses at the mountain of Chorev at the mountain where they would receive Torah. The rabbis ask a famous question on these verses. Chapter 18 begins with a verb, Vayishma Yitro. And the rabbis ask here, Ma Shmua Shama Uva. What did Jethro hear? Ma Shmua, what news? What hearing, what news came to him that caused him to decide to join Moses at Mount Sinai. What an odd question for the rabbis to have asked. Anybody who just read, I mean, all of you just read these verses, maybe some of you have read them before, maybe you never read these verses ever before in your life. Are you, are you at all mystified about what it was that Jethro heard? Doesn't the text tell us very clearly what he heard? Anybody here want to tell me what he heard? What did Jethro hear that caused him to come and join the Israelite people? Anybody? Not a mystery. Doesn't the text tell us explicitly? Anybody? All that God had done. Isn't that amazing? All that God had done. But the rabbis, when they ask this rhetorical question, because the rabbis are setting us up like good rabbis, they know where they want to go. They ask a rhetorical question. What was it that Jethro heard that made him come? And a beautiful commentary, a 20th century thinker, whose wonderful book, Mayana Shavua, The Wellspring of the Week, says this on that very question. What was it that caused them, that phrase, Ma Shmua Shama, what was it that they heard Ubah and brought him? Says Rabbi Volch, this question actually is really, this phrase is not about the mystery of what he heard. But the last word of the phrase, what was it that brought him? What is it? He says, 
The real question here is, what is it that makes a person take action? The rabbis here are not pointing out the content of his hearing. They're not really rhetorically asking what was it that he heard. What makes Jethro unique is not that he heard about all the things that had happened in the myth, in the story of the Exodus. What bothered the rabbis was, according to the rabbinic mind, everybody heard it. According to the rabbinic mind, Jethro was not unique in hearing about all the things that had taken place in the land of Egypt. Unless you get stuck on whether it happened or not, the relevance of this question is profoundly important for the religious question of what it means to be homo religiosus, what it is to be a religious person and to be a human. Everybody can hear the same thing, yet some hear it and go back to life as usual, and some people hear it and decide hearing it causes me to do something. Jethro becomes the non-Jew, the non-Israelite, the non-Hebrew, for whom the Parsha of Revelation, of receiving Revelation, is named after not because he was Moses' father-in-law, but because of all the people in this narrative, of all the people in the world who heard about what had taken place, he alone was moved to get up and go. It's not hard to imagine, after having been in Montgomery only two weeks ago, hearing stories of the northerners who were so affected by what was happening outside of their purview who bought a ticket on a bus right away and said, we have to go stand with them. It's not hard to imagine that after what took place horrifically in New Zealand last year, the very next day, groups of rabbis were standing at mosques on 72nd Street in solidarity with Muslim brothers and sisters. The real question is not about the people who get up and go, it's the question about the people who don't get up and go. The people who hear something but don't say something. The people who see something but don't do something. The question for us as religious individuals, as spiritual individuals, as ethical and moral individuals is not whether we know what is right and wrong, but whether we're willing to actually do something about it. And what is the distance between hearing, knowing, and doing? I don't know the complexities of philanthropy. I'm not a philanthropic person per se. I don't have a foundation. But it's a little bit alarming when on the front page of the New York Times, right under the desperate need in China for masks. We read about someone who is the wealthiest person in the world who just bought another home for $170 million. I don't know. That's a little bit shocking to me. I understand it's complicated. When you're worth $110 billion, right, you can have as many homes as you want. But something alarming in me there's something alarming in me about all of the things that we know about that we don't do things about. And I'm also compassionate, because I could do more too. I wonder how many Mount Sinai, or I would say how many moments of Exodus and other great tales and also alarming things I hear and don't respond to. 
lest I present myself as like, oh, I got it all together. I'm Jethro. I'm sure that I've missed many an opportunity to get up from my seat and go do something. But every year when we get to this Parsha, I remind myself of a couple things. One is, I remember that before there was revelation at Sinai, before there was quote-unquote religion, there were people like Jethro who did the right thing. And that's religious. That's holy. That's sacred. That's profound. And it's also hard. I remind myself too that there are examples of heroes like this everywhere. Not just in the Jewish community or in this community or that community. They are everywhere. And the Torah wanted to remind us before we got into what is Jewish, reminded us of what is heroically human. To not limit myself and my blinders to seeing heroism only in one valence, but to see it in multiple faces. And lastly, the Torah is finally saying, it's one thing to arrive at Sinai. It's another thing when you hear about something that happens to others and want to connect yourself with the plight and the flight of other people. Jethro could have stayed at home. He didn't need to come to Sinai. But Jethro was called by something profoundly human in him. He wanted very much to participate in the destiny of another people. He wanted very much to be moved, not just by his own narrow tribal interests, but by a bigger universal picture. Jethro is a hero. And so this morning for our first Aliyah, known as the Open Up, where we open up the Torah, we invite you, if you feel called, to come and join Torah and to hear a blessing uniquely connected with the personality, the homo religiosis personality of Jethro. The person who heard was moved, uva, and came. To have that blessing for you as well, to hear and to be moved to action. If that speaks to you this morning, if Jethro's example is an example that you would like a blessing from and for, please come at this moment to stand with us at Torah for the first Aliyah.